The manager accepts the status quo. The leader challenges it. This quote leads us perfectly in our guest today, Adarian Barr, who does not believe in accepting the status quo of speed training. Adarian is a USATF level two coach and a speed consultant for many teams and athletes, a speed product inventor and owner of bar running. He believes in the very same mindset that gold medal winning rowing coach Jurgen Grobler's has of, will it make the boat go faster? Keep the goal the goal and get there any way possible. Today, we dive into torque and what it means for athletics, levers, and their importance in sport, Adarian's philosophy on run simple to run fast, and many more things. I really had to go back and take a bunch of notes on the knowledge bomb coach was dropping, so I'd have your paper and pencil ready. This one was an awesome podcast, and I hope you guys get something out of it. Thanks for listening. What did you have this uh, morning, Coach? Uh, well, this morning I had to talk to somebody in Italy. Uh, okay. Uh, and and he's you know working with a, you know strength and conditioning coach is working with a high level sprinter, and so he's, he's trying to get a better grasp of what it's all about and everything. And so we just we're just cracking up because we're talking about torque, and, and he's watching a lot of where he's at right now. He's he's watching a lot of uh, high level sprinters. Yep. And he's talking about how how you know the best of the best torque, the rest of them don't. And like nobody's catching it, and, and he's like, everybody got to stop watching their hand. Everybody, everybody's watching the stopwatch. They collect the data, <laughs> data, data, but they forgot to observe, observe, observe. Yeah, so we're just cracking up about it. Like, yeah, you know, you can collect all the data you want to, but you're not observing what's going on and how it's happening. What's the point? Coach, it's awesome to have you on this uh, Skype call on this podcast. I'm really excited to get to you and kind of show the listeners a totally different realm of speed and where I think the speed and sports performance realm is really going and watching elite athletes. Can you give the um, listeners a little bit of background on yourself and just tell them who you are? Sure. Um, I'm that guy that that when I was in high school, when I, I was when I was in high school, I was like not the best athlete. I was good, but I wasn't the best. Okay. And so, you know, I, I think I didn't start playing basketball till I was a freshman in high school. You know, I didn't start playing football till I was a freshman in high school. Always did track, but I didn't do anything other team sports or anything like that. And I actually made the basketball team, which you couldn't do today. You couldn't walk onto a basketball team uh, on athletic ability today, you know, and, and make it, you know. Yeah. Uh, same thing. You won't make football unless you've been playing peewee and all that kind of stuff. So things have kind of changed, but I was athletic. But, but I remember um, um, even playing basketball where, where I was only 5'9". But because I can jump it, I was fast. We would play, you know, two one two, and I would play center. Yeah. <laughs> and the coach would, the coach would be like, "Give me some steals." I'm like, "Okay, this is easy to me," you know. And, and and same thing, you know, we would be playing guys, and I would just pick their pockets, you know. I didn't know anything about defense, but I'm like, "I got this, dude," you know. Yeah. I tell my buddy, "Hey, I'm about to steal the ball, break on him," you know. So, but when I got to track, you know, when I first triple jump, you know, I've been doing track for a while, and, and and I would lose an event, and I would switch events. Okay, that's just my nature, you know. I, I was, you know, from the sixth grade to the to the eighth grade, I was fast. Lost in eighth grade, switched to hurdle. Got to high school, lost in the hurdle, switched to triple jump. <laughs> lost in S, I just, I was switched because I wanted to win. I, you know, Yo. <laughs> so fun. my first time I triple jump, it was like it was like twenty seven feet. You know, I couldn't beat a girl today. I mean, girls triple jump twenty seven feet just because. <laughs> so, so yeah. you talk about let's go back. I couldn't even beat a girl. But by the time I became a senior in high school, you know, I went from a twenty seven foot, twenty nine foot triple jump to a fifty foot triple jumper. You know, and I was talking about just growing into it. But when I became, when I was a 27 foot triple jumper, I had coaches. They could yeah. coach. When I became a 50 foot triple jumper, they were like, well, we can't coach you now. We don't know. You're too good for us. What? I don't get a coach now because I got good? Stop it. 
you know? So that, that starts, so this process, like, they gave me a book, and back in the day, they had these handouts, you know, the flip books. Yeah. You had the black and white drawings, you had this long thing, so they gave me that. They study this and help you get better. So I was on my own. And so that kind of got me started in this whole thing that, that I'm like, I, I don't want athletes to be like me. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have this raw ability and nobody and people talking about, I can't coach. You know, I don't, I don't know how to coach you because you're too good for us, you know? So, so, you know, so I, I came out of high school and I remember, um, um, I didn't go to college. I went to the air force and then I went to college and, and same thing, just driven. Um, I remember my first job out of the air force working at a, um, um, lumber yard, hard work. So I showed up one day, quit the next day. I'm like, this is too hard. <laughs> I don't work this hard the rest of my life. So, so I started, I wanted to go to college, but I didn't have any money. So I'm thinking like, well, call some old track coaches to recruit you. So I called up a couple of guys, guys and everything. They were like, well, you haven't jumped in four years. Okay, that's all you do is jump? They go, yeah. So, so the next week I went to a track meet, long jump, 24 feet, triple jump, 50 feet, had a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> just unattached you just, you just showed up to the meet i just showed up because I, mean, I, I was hungry yeah when you Yo. hungry, you, you know i'm like so if i get and, and because they like you said and i didn't you know they hadn't seen me jumping for you they you know i was just so so it was kind of funny that 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 yeah so i so i got off of the scholarship and everything and 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 got to college and that's the same thing you know i was jumping against kenny harrison and all that kind of stuff and i'm thinking like why is he jumping like 57 feet now? I'm only jumping 53. I'm thinking like, we were the same in high school, but this dude picked up seven feet. Oh, he picked up three feet. It was, it was mine. I, I didn't get it. I'm like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? What, what's, and he ran like, and I had a friend of mine that ran the, the quarter. And he was like, no triple jump going to beat me in the 200. No triple jump going to beat me in the 200. Because Kenny was in the, in the big eight and he was in running the 200. Kenny ran 20 point something. I'm thinking like, yo, this dude... <laughs> I had 20 points up in the deuce. Holy cow. And I'm thinking like, I might run 22 seconds in the deuce. You know, but once again, what happened to him and what happened to me? And, mm-hmm. and obvious, they're doing something I'm not doing. You know, so this, so this starts you on your path of, you know, this, this whole, what is going on here? I'm lifting weights, he's lifting weights. Bench press, bench press, back squat is back squat. But, but it was just something different going on there. His progression was so much, and, and you know, Kenny goes on to being Olympian and all that kind of stuff. You know, one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest jumpers in, in the history of jumping, triple jump, long jump and everything. And, and I'm thinking like, what happened? That we came out of high school damn near the same. <laughs> Six, seven years later, this dude's Olympian, I'm the food. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, and, and so you get into that type of stuff, you know, where, where you start your quest of, of just trying to figure out what happened. How can I get better? What are these guys doing to get better? You know, and like I said, a lot of times, you know, people don't find it. I don't put this information out there. But like people, a lot of people don't know I ran 10, 3, 3, and 100. I don't put it out there, you know, because yeah. I don't think it makes a difference. Because other people, oh, if I say I ran, then, then, then they want to listen to me. No, don't listen to me if I ran 10, 3. Listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, but, but, but it's one of those things. And so I don't, I don't put a lot of stuff out there like who I work with. Or, or and all that kind of stuff because that that presents that presents a bias. I just want to put out information, good information, and take the bias out of it. But that became the whole thing about even when I was going through my stuff. Um, I think it was like Indiana State when I was when I was uh, 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 coaching, and this was back in '04. And I remember watching uh, Justin Gatlin. I'm thinking like this dude is doing something different, you know. And so I, I go to the head coach and said, "Yo, I think Justin Gatlin is doing something different than everybody else." And so this dude goes and makes a phone call, you know, he calls somebody, I'm not gonna mention no names, but he calls somebody that's famous today. And the person tells them, nope, nothing new out there. It was the end of the conversation. 
So we're not even going to investigate this. We're not even going to try to figure this out. We're not even going to. One person said, nope, nothing new. And everybody said, nope, not new. I'll just let this move on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So that that that's a lot of people why, you know, I, I am the way I am as far as who said and who's controlling the show. Because I don't think that's right. I never thought that was right, that, that you couldn't have an opinion. You couldn't have an outside thought. You couldn't yeah. grow as a coach. You couldn't try to grow unless the person said it was okay for you to grow. Yeah. It's just, so that's kind of how, you know, like I said, I come up in the system and thumb of my nose at the system just because it's like something's going on out there. And, and even watching, you know, when, you, when you're around elite athletes and you see them doing things and then you hear the coach say something, even like I was at the Olympic trials sitting in the stands watching the throws one day. And same thing, big time throws coach. And the guy, there's one guy throwing his butt off. You know, I think he ended up winning. And the guy goes, I don't know how that guy's throwing so far as crappy as he is. <laughs> he just won. <laughs> he just won. <laughs> yeah. But but so it, so you go through these mind-boggling situations where you go, wait a minute, this dude just won. You still crapping on him because he didn't do it the way you thought he should have done it. Holy cow! And that's the nature of the business we're in. You know where where you know if if you don't do it the way they they rather see you fail their way than succeed another way. Yeah. So I'm I'm the succeed the other way guy. That's 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 how I got here, which which is something that really drew me to you, because like you said, you didn't you didn't post a ton of elite level athletes that you trained or talk about, like what your past was to get. Because one thing I struggle with is when somebody posts, I train this person, I train this NFL player, I train this. I'm like that player, regardless of who they worked with, was going to be who they are for the most part, you know, like that, that's who they were born as. Um, so I love that you, you mentioned that point and the, the curiosity and like how you challenge things is what really drew me to your way of doing it. Because I, like you said, I think there's a lot of times in a coaching realm where we accept things for no reason. We did like, we've read it in a book or that's how we were trained and that's we just accept it. And it, it seems like no other field, if you were doing like, so working with somebody's financials or working in banking and you just said, no, this is the only way to do it. And you're losing people a bunch of money. Everybody would question that. But in the strength conditioning realm, they don't. They just it's just the way it's been done. Right, 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 right. Well, even even like even we talk about it running and, and, and it's, you know, it, it's one of it, with strength and conditioning and kind of running. You know, it's, it's really a funny thing. If you want to coach basketball and you tell somebody I never coached basketball, they don't let you. Yeah. But in the other world, yeah, okay. You look like you, you, like you lift some weight, so go ahead. You look, you look strong, go ahead. Yeah, you like you to know, go ahead, but but it's an amazing thing. In other sports, they don't let you in unless you've proven that you can do what you can do, you know? If you have never coached basketball, baseball, or football, I mean, could you imagine me today saying, hey, I want to apply to be the head coach of whatever team? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I do. Not- <laughs> but you can be... A head basketball coach apply to be a head track coach. There's a good chance you might get the job. This is an amazing thing. Yeah. If you just talk to them right, yeah, we're gonna bring some, you know. But yeah, I, I, uh, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. <laughs> That's <laughs> there's a lot of good points there. I'm talking about how one one thing I like was when people in the strength conditioning realm, they, they, like you said, it's just cause they're big and strong. Uh, and, and that's their reasoning for being a strength conditioning coach or somebody that's fast is being, a, a that it's just, it's the way it's been done and it's not looking deeper. I think James Smith talks about it a little bit of the, the globally dynamics of coaching and how you're able to take that step out. And if it's only one way and it's only the, the process that works for you, that that's probably not going to work for the grand scheme. It's probably not the best way to go with it. 
Right, right. Well, or even like, let's look at it the other way. A, a million people are doing something. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean a million people are doing it. Yeah. That's, that's the other extreme we at, you know, where, 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 you know, like I said, you see every, this is what I, this is what I find funny when I go to a track meet. Everybody's doing the same warm up drills. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I, I mean, if you're trying to beat your competitor, why are you doing what your competitor is doing? You know, I, I mean, that's, it's an amazing thing that everybody's doing the same warm up drills. Why? You know, but, but once again, a million people do it. So it must be right. You know, when, when you go, okay. And, and at the same realm, when you challenge them, they're going to say, well, put some science behind what you said. Wait a minute. You didn't put no science behind this woman. You just put out there. So was there a point in your career? Was it in the athletic part where you really, so you started to question that that person was jumping farther and why, but was there when, when was the point in your career where you started really challenging these things and opening up and being like, okay, this is something new that other people aren't doing. What, what was that point in your career where you felt comfortable enough to do that? And where you're like, you felt correct enough in your own head that the things that we have been doing aren't correct. Is there a, something that flipped that switch? Uh, it, you know, the, the, it was late because it didn't flip until, um, I was late forties when I was in my forties because I had, I had ran, I had ran track in a while, you know, at 39, at the age of 39, I could dump. No big okay. deal. I can still dump at 39. <laughs> no big deal. You know, and I've always lifted weights, so no big deal. You know, I was lifting weights and stuff like that. And I went to all comers track meet and I ran like 12, four, five and a hundred, you know, I'm thinking like, I don't run 12. <laughs> Not in my pedigree. No way. You know? So, so 40 years old and I'm thinking like 12, holy cow, you know? So, and I think the year before that, same thing. I think the year before that also I had long jump like 23 feet. So, you know, but, but for some reason when I turned 40, things would get kind of rough for me. And, and so I said, okay, let me, let me make a comeback. And so I tried to, you know, I, I did plyos, hurdle hops. I did this, I did that. All the stuff I knew that, that the traditional stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> got hurt, got hurt, got hurt. Uh, this didn't work. <laughs> At that point, I, I flipped. I said, well, something's not right here. And so then I, then that's when the switch flipped. There's got to be something else going on. And so then I started doing different stuff. Next thing you know, I was back down to 11 seconds, like these split. I, okay. I, was 42, I was 42 years old, still running 11 second, 100 meter. You know, it's pretty fast. <laughs> but, but like I said, it took, two, it, took, it took two years of getting hurt and doing the traditional stuff. And then you go, something's not... You know, so then I just flipped over, you know, and, and same thing, you know, got back to Duncan and all that kind of stuff, you know, but, but that was a flip for me was when I tried to come back at the age of 40 and it didn't work. Gotcha. So, so it just told me like, okay, cause I was still lifting weights. Like you're still strong. So that's not a problem. <laughs> what is the problem? You know? Yeah. There's another missing link somewhere. Another, another missing link somewhere. So, so yeah. And I still had the competitive juice in me and stuff like that. And, and even like, I remember one of the race when I, when I, when I cracked 11 or ran 11 was, um, I had, I had this thing called kangaroo block. You know, I was working on different block start, kangaroo start and all that kind of stuff. And I was at this race and this kid next to me, he was, he was in high school, you know, he was like the fastest, he was like a 10, 10, eight, 10, nine kid, you know, and he was next to me and his dad is holding his blocks and on these, on these blocks I hadn't been. And that's started, I started inventing things too, because I'm like, this equipment is crap. So now, <laughs> stuff, you know, and so I had invented my own blocks, you know? And, and part of learning not to push because these didn't have spikes in them. There was nothing to hold them there. They was just ple- uh, for your feet to place on. That was it. Okay. And, and so the, 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 the dad next to me is like, you need somebody to hold those? I said, no, I'm good. And he's like, kind of laughing. You know, he's kind of laughing at me. 
And okay, dude, here we go. So, <laughs> so the gun goes off. Woo, man, getting it, right? I think I'm, I'm beating this kid for like 30 meters. Now, this is an 18-year-old versus a 42-year-old. <laughs> yeah. You know? Now, he beat me at the end. When we crossed the finish line, he turns around and he goes, you can't be 42. So, I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> but, but I was just motivated. I'm like, wait a minute, you laughing at me because I'm doing something different? Okay, it's all and cracking now. But, but once again, that, and that started to confirm this whole push thing. Now, like I said, these were my own blocks. They, didn't, they, they were separate, and they didn't have no spikes in them with nobody holding them, but I was able to launch without them slipping. You know, so I was like, so, so that starts to confirm some things you've been doing, like, yeah, we're on the right path, you know. But it was just, it was just one of those things, too, that, that you go, okay, we, we moved in the right direction and, and whatnot. But, yeah, it was just funny, dude, laughing. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> <I'm about> to- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no time. <laughs> So when, when, so that, that confirmed it in your own head, it went, did you decide, um, almost in that moment that now the public needs, needs to know about this and this is my new direction or how, how, how did that go about? Uh, well, it was still one of those things where I started working with, with kids and, and, and so I remember a parent called me up and a parent was like, Hey, my child runs, um, five female, she runs 522 for, for 1600 meters. Yeah. I think it was 522. Okay, cool. Can you help her? She's been running 522 for a couple of years now. Can you help her? Sure. Let me see her run. Yeah, okay. Watch the run. These were twins at the time. And so they went from, in a matter of months, you're talking about two, three months, the one goes from 522 to, to 457. You know, she, she's like top in the state of California now. The other one went to like five, but they, they're both tops in the state of California in a couple of months. And, and, and I'm thinking like my business should be blowing up now, you know? But nobody's coming. I'm thinking, like, what happened? What what happened? That 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 you know, I just took these guys, you know, thirty seconds and made them somebody in like two or three months. You know, not not years. You know, but then you you run the animosity at that time. People are mad because once again, you didn't do it their way. They like, how did he yeah. do it? He didn't da da da. He didn't da da da. Well, the, the other coach had had them at five twenty two for three years now. You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then the other part too was, you know, I picked up another kid, quarter mile, the same thing. Parents came to me in like January and said he wants to go to the state meet. Okay, cool. He was running 51 seconds in the quarter, you know. He ends up running 47.20 by May. So once again, I'm thinking like, my business should be blowing up now. <laughs> What's going on? I'm getting these fantastic results in a short amount. We talking about not shabby times. You know, we talk about these kids are dropping time. You know, and I'm like, but, but that's when, you, that's when, that's when you go, okay, I need to do something because you see the restrictions you run into. You're getting these results. You're not doing it their way. And you start seeing these results and you start seeing the restrictions you run into. That's when you go, okay, I need a megaphone. Yeah. Now I need to get loud. Now I need to start talking because obviously the results are not getting enough attention. Yeah. You know, people are, people are mad now. Okay. Let's just, let's get loud. So that's when, that's when the whole, okay, people need to know now I'm, I'm going to get a megaphone. I'm going to start talking. Gotcha. And that, then is that where um, bar running started or was it something before that? And then it grew into what it is now. Yeah. Well, bar running is kind of the evolution of something. You know, we had at that point in time, we, we you know, it was next level athletics and fitness, but then everybody was next level athletics, you know? So it was like, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> you need to differentiate yourself. <laughs> so then we had another name, you know, complex me simple, you know, cause it was, it was, you know, that didn't work either. So then we got another, you know, it was, it was just evolution of, you know, like branding, you just go through names and names. Yep. And so, you know, it was one of those things where, where uh, um, for a short period of time, I was with uh, David Weck, you know, 
and, and, and so um, that's when I, I, I made it simple. You know, I just made it super, 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 super simple and everything like that. Uh, and, that's, and that's even like, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't even know I work with David Weck. You know, they think I don't like David Weck. Nice guy. I just don't work <laughs> yeah. with him anymore. That's, that's all it is. End of story. No more, no less, you know. But, but it's funny when people come at me about him. I'm like, nah, okay, whatever. So this is um this is where the the whole journey of the the curiosity started when you were an athlete. It grew into where you are as a coach now and a consultant for some of the best coaches in the world talking about <laughs> how to get their athletes faster coming right. to you now. Right. So every every this is where we transition a little bit to some of the and you you mentioned a little bit about some of the hate that you had to face, but some of the mountains that you had to climb in your life and some of the things that it took to get to this point and how when you reach these obstacles you had already built up that mindset that you were going to push through. You were going to go through these obstacles to get to where you're at. Cause you, you are challenging the status quo of everything that the traditional speed realm was going. So you're going to create enemies on that way. And you're going to have to fight your way through this and scratch and claw to get your message out there. Right. And one thing that I think people miss out on is they, they, they see where you're at now coach. So they see you right. at this right. elite level and they, they don't see the journey that it took to get there. And a lot of people either get, disheartened or they think that that was just given to you. So can you describe just a little bit about what that, that, what that mountain was for you and some of the lessons that you learned through that? Well, yeah, I, I remember I got kicked out of masters track and field. I'm one of the top masters athletes in the world and they kicked me out of their forum. I mean, that's what, I mean, think about that. I'm one of the top master athletes in the world. I can kick out of master track and field forum because I spoke against something. Holy cow. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> You know, uh, uh, or I remember, I remember uh, uh, Barry Ross back in the day, and he was talking about the the, the, the deadlift and stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, oh no, you know. And I remember people people used to cuss me out. I mean, I used to get cussed out in forums. I don't remember when Track Shark was around when that forum was around, and it was just a bully bully type thing, you know. But I'm thinking like, I'm ready to bully back, you know. This is this is how we got to get it done, and this is how we got to get it done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's what people miss too: the evolution of, of social media, and internet. How you know, like I said, I think Track Shark was it, and that was the main forum. And everybody was in there, and there's a couple of people that ran that. And if you didn't agree with what they said, they were just beating up on you, you know. And and, and so you go through you go through that. And, and then, like I said, the other part is is just you know even at track meets, you know, I I was uh, coaching at American River College, and and they had me out there. And I and, and so well even before I got there, I was at Sac City. I was at Sac City College, and uh, they had called me out there to say, hey, can you come out here and, and do you mind volunteering? This is about me volunteering my time, you know. So I go out there, no big deal. And, and they gave they gave me these athletes, no big deal, you know. And um, the one ends up being going from like a 17 foot long jumper to like a 20 foot long jumper, you know. And I remember we were at like this qualifying meet and, and everything. And next thing I know, I'm trying to coach her, but she's not listening to me. I'm thinking, well, why is she not listening to me? You know. And I see the coaches above me, you know, the head coach and the straight coach is now coaching her. I'm thinking, like, why are they coaching her all of a sudden? <laughs> you know? I, I don't, I don't get this, you know? And, and so, and so I go up there and I say, Hey, you know, if you guys are coaching that, it's fine, but let me know. Don't have me sitting out here. I'm, I'm, I'm working for free. Yeah. You know? And they said, well, you know, we're just trying to get through this meet and everything. Now you want to try and get it through a meet? You know, what, what is going on here? So then, you know, I, I didn't end up going back and then this other coach took over and guess what? She never jumped as far again. You know, and you're thinking like, what is wrong with people? You know, but once again, they didn't understand how I was getting results, but they thought they'd get the same results, you know? So you go, okay. And the same thing that I met at American River College, 
and um, you got a guy out there and same thing. He was he was twenty three foot long jumper. I think he went eleven five and a hundred. And, and next thing you know, the guy's jumping you know twenty five almost twenty six feet. He runs ten five and a hundred in a couple of months, and, and everybody's talking again. So the journey's always been like yo, the better results you get, the more restrictions you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 drives me to keep getting these good results to keep running into these restrictions, you know, because people just they say they want results, but when you give them to them, they're not happy with them. Yeah, you know? they, and, and they so, want yeah. them a certain way. So yeah, so even even getting these type of results, I still got people fighting against me, and, and it's, an, it's an amazing thing. So yeah, has it always been easy? No, but it's always been fun. I mean, it's mm-hmm. always fun when you stand on the top. Like I told you, I can coach. You know, I told you this works. You know. That becomes the fun part. Like, you know, like, like I always say, you know, one of my favorite songs, two of my favorite say- sayings, one is Mike Jones, you know, the, the rapper, Mike Jones, you know, Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, you know, because, you know, uh, uh, he got that line of uh, back then you didn't know me now, you know, now I'm on, now you love me, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. And then I always say middle finger to the sky. That's just how I feel about it. You know, cause in the end, at the end of the day, you're not giving me a paycheck and I get it for some people. You need a paycheck. So I get it. You got to go through the hoop to get the paycheck. I don't need a paycheck. So I don't have to, you know, conform to the system just for some people to know my name or for me to be in a circle and all that kind of stuff. I don't have to do that anymore. You know, so I get it for some that have to do it. But at the end of the day, you still got to be your own man. That's that's the whole issue. Yeah, I, I love that you you were able to basically take the um the shackles of the salary away and you're able to actually open up your eyes a little bit rather than being stuck down. I, I hear a lot of strength coaches that that's they're talking about a lot of the successful strength coaches now are saying you need to have either a side business, a side gig or a backup plan, because otherwise you won't be able to train your athletes the way you know your athletes need to be trained because you're always being held back by that. You only have this job. And if it disagrees, you, you'll never stand up for yourself because if that job's taken away, you have nothing. So, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. And that, and that, I guess that's the, that's the real lesson is, is, you know, two things is this here is, is, is don't be afraid to be hungry. You know, we, we, we're afraid to be hungry. No, it's okay to be hungry. It's okay to be starving. Cause at that point in time, guess what? You're going to figure out how to feed yourself. <laughs> you know, you'll adapt you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna adapt so so you know you got to figure out what they're paying you what you're trying to go and and, and i think this business is, is like a lot of things the best coaches are not in the business they got out just like the best athletes are not in the sport they got out because either we coach them out of the sport or you know i, I mean think about lamar think about lamar uh jackson Ravens quarterback right yep yeah they wanted him to be a running back I mean, let's mm-hmm. think about that they want this dude about to be MVP as a quarterback. They told this dude to be a running back. So, so how many guys like him have we pushed out of the system? Well, that, that, I think he lives up to that middle finger to the sky uh, <laughs> mantra because <laughs> I just remember when he, it's, it's the funniest thing ever. Um, the same draft analyst and when he was drafted was talking about, he'll never play. He'll never do this. Are the same ones now saying he's the greatest quarterback ever you now. So it just, it's just things like that, that make me realize like, it doesn't matter what people say about you because at any moment they're, they'll hop on the bandwagon or they'll hop off. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why you got to just have a conviction in yourself to, to understand, you know, that, that what you're doing, you know, is, is, is going to work. It's going to feed you. It's going to, you know, and, and so even like even what got me into what I am now is, is more working with coaches than athletes is because I would work with athletes and they go back to their coach and the coach would mess it up. Because the coach <laughs> they would yeah. just mess it up. 
So then I figured it was best probably start at the top of the system, work with coaches and have it trickle down than to have to work with athletes and have, hope it trickles up, you know. And, and so that became part of even what I do now as far as working with coaches and things like that is just to say, hey, you know, you know I tried the athletic route, didn't work, so now I'm working with you guys. And, 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 and so that becomes the whole thing of, of where I ended, actually ended up with, with coaching and consulting with other coaches. For sure. One thing I want to draw back on, you talked about the, the, the convinc- conviction in yourself. Um, are there any ways that you really can think about? Cause I know there's a lot of people out there that that's, that's easy for, I feel like guys like you and I to say where we are very, I feel like high confidence guys. How would you build that up in somebody that is trying to work on that, that they feel like they're, they're listening to a lot of that noise on the outside. What, what's one way that you think can build that up in a person? Facts. Uh, you, you, you need facts, you know, and what I mean by that is this here. The, the other part of the growth process is, is when I was in college, I was sitting in the library, you know, I, I was sitting in the library and I would read books, you know, and, and, and I, you know, uh, I would just read, I would just, I would just, I would look for, you know, facts, you know, I'm looking for facts now and stuff. And like one of the things I found out was like carbo loading, you know, everybody carbo loads, you know, yep. and I didn't get, I'm like, what do you mean? You're going to eat this and it's supposed to help you run faster. Just this pasta thing. Okay. What about the other stuff? What about the, the vitamins? What about the iron? What about, you know, this? And so, and so they said, there's a study, you know, and two things. It's talking about middle finger to the sky. <laughs> so one of those was I was in a library and I actually found the original study on carbo loading, you know, and in, 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 in a short summary was they didn't feed these guys for seven days while they trained. And then they fed them. <laughs> no giant works. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be faster from going from starved to finally being have food in their system. No giant works. Energy, you know. But how many people are actually carbon loading as the study put it out there? Most of them have been eaten already, and they say two days before competition, I'm going to eat some pasta. I'm going to yeah. carbon. That's not the original study. So when you have the facts, you can go against. That's crap because that's not the original study. And same thing, even even like I remember. Uh, Treadmill studies, you know, about running on treadmills, energy factor and stuff like that. Talking about getting cussed out. Man, I call, I found out the original study on treadmill running energy ex- expenditure, you know. And I, and I found the original study, emailed the guy, said, hey, did you ever show these guys how to even run? Or you just, you cussed me out. You didn't want to discuss it. You know, because I'm, I'm like, your study might be flawed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and he cussed me out. But, but once again, I'm looking for facts, you know. And a lot of times, you know, you read some of these studies, you go, you're comparing people running and you don't even know how to, they know how to do what they're doing on the treadmill. You don't even know that at all, you know, or, or even, um, 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 when I was, uh, talking about, you know, how I got into, you know, even making my own stuff, sleds and things like that. You know, I never understood like, why is it they, they recommend only 10% of your body weight? What's the problem? Why can't you do 25, 35, 45, 50? Why 10? Why not seven and a half? Why not? See, I always go, why? You know, if you can't answer my question, I'm kind of done with it. I got to go find information myself. Yeah. You know, that, that everybody said, you know, 10%. Who said 10%, you know? So you get into those type. But but like I said, that gives me the conviction is just having facts. Yeah, you, know? you, have, you have a foundation to back what that confidence is coming from. Right, 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 right. And I think that's what a lot of people don't have. And so they, they get confused really fast because they don't, you know, even recently on Instagram, we we were, you know, somebody was arguing me about levers and forks. And, and I'm thinking like, and they, and they say, well, I have a, something in biomechanics, but you don't understand levers. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and even, so here you are arguing with somebody about levers and they talk about biomechanics. But I am talking biomechanics. I'm talking levers. So yeah. How am I not 
biomechanics. You know, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. But because I, you know, I took the time in, to invest in really studying the levers and what it's all about and, and, and so forth. So that gives me the confidence and conviction to go, yeah, I'm on the right path. I love that. Uh, with one last, one last mindset thing. And this is something that I really want to bring out to the listeners where, and you talked about it, it started when you were an athlete, you were, you were asking that why, because you wanted to increase your own performance, but where did the, the, the hunger for wanting this knowledge come from? Where did this hunger from asking why, where did that come from? Uh, well, you know, that just, that's just a religious thing, you know, okay. where, 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 you know, where one of the greatest things I think about the Bible, it says is read for yourself. That's the read for you. If you're reading for yourself, you're going to ask some questions, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think today, a lot of times we don't, we don't know how to ask questions because we haven't read for ourselves, you know, but if you read for yourself, you'll, you'll start figuring out what the questions are to, to, to ask about, you know, and they wouldn't be redundant, the same old question over and over again. You know, but but that that was just you know the 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 whole thing about you know read for yourself. You know, and we have these studies and same thing. You know, you look at a study and it cites you know ten other studies. You know, well I'll go back and read all ten other studies. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to stop at this. Say this was all. You know, because what because when you're in grad school, what they tell you, you don't you can't have original thought. You can't have original thought. You got to say so. So all of a sudden, what do we get in the habit of? They 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 train us to say you know uh, according to. According to, you never get to say, I think this here. You always got to say according to, according yeah. to. And so now our arguments are based on according to someone else. Well, Dan Pass said this, or Seagrave said this, or somebody said this, or my friend said this. It's never people, when you talk to people, they never say what they think, what they feel, what they believe in, because we've been trained out of that to say according to. Yeah. And I, well, I think that parallels almost directly onto what you see in the sports performance and on the field now is you, you never see anybody creating. You never see any more of that. Like you talked about before we started the podcast, that that natural athleticism and competitiveness, because it's always according to my coach, according to that program. So I thought that was that was a pretty sweet um, parallel of how, how we're going about it in the educational world is kind of how we're taking it in our sports performance realm and with our athletes and humans, we, we don't leave a lot of room for them to create and just be the athletes that they can and should be. Right, right, right. And I, and I think that's the whole thing where we manufacture athletes and I wonder yeah. why, you know, injuries are sky high or this is happening. Well, cause they were manufactured, you know, or even, you know, we so worried about somebody getting hurt, you know, and I always say shit happens. I'm sorry. You know, um, I teach a health class, you know, and, and, and in my health class, we don't talk about death. You know, we talk about health, you know, and, and I and I give them the number. I said, hey, in the USA, there's, there's about 300 million people living in the USA. Of that, uh, uh, two million will die. That's a, that's a drop in the bucket of 300 million. Chances are you're not going to die. But somebody is going to die. I just don't want to be one of them, you know. So don't you can't live your life worrying about dying when the chance you die is a slam. Yeah. Same thing as an athlete. Chance of getting hurt is slim. But guess what? Shit does happen. But we spend so much time worried about preventing injuries, you know, where it, it, it's mind-boggling to me that somebody will qualify their training program based on injury prevention. Isn't that the point of training? Injury prevention? So why you have to put that qualifier on top of it? We're doing this to prevent injuries. I hope you're training to prevent injuries <laughs> in the first place. That's why you're training. 
But but it's just an amazing thing to me that people actually put that as a qualifier about why you should sign up with them. We're doing this to prevent injury. I mean, I mean, even just recently, the thing I just posted about, and I, I just briefly searched, you know, uh, YouTube ACL injuries, and I found eight of them, and eight of them had to do with non-contact. You know, seven of them were, were, were left ACLs on the left leg, and, and and one was on the right leg. You know, but they all they all involved an awkward landing. You can't prevent awkward landing. Shit happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but here we are with these ACL things talking about ACL prevention. No. Shit happens. Yeah, that that <laughs> the the awkward landing thing is one that I I first got um turned on to you from Jake Tura who was oh. who was posting, <laughs> so he he was he was posting all of the uh, the awkward landings and it's like you you can do all the glute band exercise you want you can be as activated as you want but you jump up in the air and somebody undercuts you or something like, like you you're never gonna train for that never going to train for that, you know? And, and so it's a funny thing to me that we train two foot landings when, when most of however, however you take off is how you're going to land. You take off one leg is a 99% chance you're going to land on one leg. Mm-hmm. You know, you take off on two legs is a 99% chance you're going to land on two legs. It's just what it is, you know? But, but, but to say you're going to prevent, you're going to train to land only one way when there's so many ways to land, you know, you can't practice all of them. But once again, let athletes be athletes. Yeah. You know, let, let it, let it, you know, you can't prevent, you know, like you said, you could try, you want to, but guess what? When your head bangs on the turf, most likely you can get a concussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do all the next stuff that you want, but <laughs> you know, next to me, whatever, whatever you want to do, but most likely you probably can get a concussion. Just what it is, you know? So, so I think that becomes the thing is, is, is once again, we, we, we are trying to manufacture things or we're worried about things. And so, so we have these manufactured athletes instead of just a pure athlete and everything. And also we want to take credit, you know, that's, that's like somebody's taking credit for like Deion Sanders being fast. That dude was fast already. Yeah. That dude was fast, you know, <laughs> he's been fast for a long time, you know, but, but like I said, we want to take credit for stuff. And that, that's the other part of the, so that's how you get paid, you know, you get paid yeah. for taking credit for something, you know? So, yeah. So I think this is transitioning into the the sports performance realm and, and we've talked about it a bunch, but can you really give the premise behind um, how you teach speed and how, how you go about it and what have we traditionally have wrong in the speed um, speed realm of things and how our body really functions and how to be athletic? <laughs> well, I, I think the, the whole thing with speed is that we don't, we haven't seen fast. It's hard to coach fast. You haven't seen fast, you know? And I think that's, that's one of the, the first things there is we, we, we have seen Usain Bolt run, but we haven't seen it. We, we saw him run, but we didn't see what was actually making him fast. And so then we get into the thing of what we thought we saw. So, so for instance, I saw Usain Bolt knee come up. So then I'm going to say, well, in order to run fast, you have to lift your knee. And, and then I have a basic anatomy biomechanics knowledge. And then I say, well, this muscle is responsible for lifting your legs. So I'm going to make that muscle stronger. See, we're going down this chain of, of events all of a sudden that, that you go, that's, is that what that dude did? Or was he just, you know, so that, that's part of the whole questioning thing and, and everything like that about what really happened. You know, and a lot of times you see people post a still picture of something, you know, just like the heel strike thing. They'll show the person with the heel almost ready to hit the ground. Well, if you go one, mate, one frame further, guess what? It didn't hit the it, ground. <laughs> it, didn't, yeah. it, it didn't hit. But, you, but, you, but now people are scared of heel strike. And so now they train to avoid heel strike, you know, and it's like, Huh, okay. So my old thing always been like, I want to go fast. I don't care about anything else, you know, and I come from a mechanic's background. And as a mechanic, we tune it, tune it, tune it until we break it. But because I know what I was doing, I can go ahead and fix the break, you know? 
But but we're never as a mechanic, we're never happy with with fast. You know, if it went 101, you go 101 and a half. If it went 102, I need to go 102 and a half. I'm never never gonna be happy. So 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 it always becomes that thing, and people forget that even like in this world we live in, like if you talk, a lot of things are discovered by non scientists. A lot of things are discovered by you know it, the 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 regular person discovered, it, and then the science said, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you know same thing like with Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards jumped 60 feet in a triple jump. Then the scientists came along and said, hey, if he had done it this way, he'd have jumped 61. But nobody's jumped 60 feet since. So my first thing about speed was get out of the science. I, I understand it very well, but I'm not going to let scientists uh, dictate what I'm going to do anymore because all they're doing is, is, is result, re- recording the, 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 the results. Yeah, you'll always be behind. Always be behind, you know, because nobody can say, how much force did you say boat use coming out of those blocks? Nobody knows. How much force did, you know? But, but you know, so, so that was the first thing. That I think for me was understanding that the scientists were just recording what they observed based on data, you know? So I, so I, so the first thing for me is get out of data stuff. I'm not a data coach anymore. I used to be, you know, stop watching hand and da da da, try to predict stuff, got out of that, you know? The other thing too for me was when I got into the whole levers and, and gravity and things like that, levers set it up for me because levers are very simple and levers are about. How do you move something with the least amount of effort? How do you move something with the least amount of effort? You know, you can pick up a car to change a flat tire or you can just jack it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which one you want to, which one you want to go with, you know? So that's when I started understanding that, that, that running fast was not about effort. It was about simpleness. How, how, does, how do you run simple and run fast? You know? And, and so when you start talking about levers and levers, is kind of simple, simple where you go, okay, the output is based on the input. That's about as simple as it gets. And, and so, so to, to me, the next thing goes, well, what is the input? Hmm, resistance. You know, it, it's got to be some type of resistance. For instance, if you want to loosen up a bolt, the input is going to be based on resistance the bolt provides. That's, gonna, that's the input. I feel, the input is I feel resistant. So based on resistance I feel, I get more input or less input. When the bolt loosens up, guess what? The input drops too because it's less resistance to the movement. So, so to me, that's, that's a very simple philosophy. So, so when I see somebody trying to come out blocks and and they they're using all this effort, why when there's no resistance there? The only thing holding you those blocks at that point in time is nine point eight meters per second squared gravity. Mm-hmm. Gravity is a weak force. You can feed yourself. So how strong is gravity? You work with it every day. You know, you wash your face, you comb your hair based on you overcoming. Gravity. So if all I got worried about is 9.8 meters per second squared, that means I need 9.85 to move. It's that simple to me. I don't need 10. I need 9.85 <laughs> to move. So that's how I, I try to keep it that simple. And levers make you, allow you to do 9.85, you know? So, so you know, even, even when, when we talk about, you know, loading levers and all that kind of stuff, Levers, gravity is the original resistance to a lever, you know? And, and then if you talk about class three, class two, and class one, and how they represent. And so one of these things that, that makes it simple for me is this here. Most of the body is based on class three lever. And people forget, the body has to move the body. There's no weight. Your arm has to move. You gotta yeah. move your legs. You gotta, it's not the ground you're worried about anymore. It's how do I move my arm for? How do I move my leg for? How do I get those are this class three levers at that point in time? Class three levers are designed to move things fast. They're not designed for heavy loads. So so you start thinking, 
why are we doing all this resistance training on a class three lever? When it's designed to move things, now class one, class two, they're designed to move heavy loads. But when, it, when I'm lifting my leg or putting my leg back down, that's the class three lever. It's designed to move it fast. And so think about this here, as simple as it gets. When the leg is recovering, people will shorten, they say they want a dorsiflex because they want to shorten the lever to make it move faster. Okay, that's fine. But if from the hip to the foot, if that's still stretched out, that's still a long lever. Yeah. They worked on the, they worked in the wrong lever at that time. And so, so you talk about, you know, people trying to eliminate backside. Well, now you have a long lever you're trying to swing forward instead of a short lever. So that's not going to move as fast if you had completely shorten that lever before that leg comes forward. So to me, that's, that's how it's got to be that simple that I got to be able to explain how to get better based on levers, no more, no less, you know, because the whole force thing isn't working. The whole get stronger thing isn't working, you yeah. know, and a lot, of, and we keep saying, well, if, if strong was it, then bodybuilding would be fast. So why, why are we still trying to get stronger there? Now I understand mm -hmm. strength as a general fitness thing. I just look at it as general fitness. And, I, and like I said, once again, there's nothing wrong with me to push up, sit up, planks, da, 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 as general fitness. But then once you take that general fitness, you must apply this somehow. And, and so now if I'm strong, you know, how do I take it and make it work for going faster? Because once again, levers are about low effort in the first place. So at that point in time, you start thinking like, well, I got to increase the resistance somehow. So how do I increase the resistance to me? Isometrics. Isometrics is great for increasing resistance against you moving. Amazing. But that's how it, it's got to be that simple for me. And when we're doing these uh, these isometrics, what are some specific isometrics that you're you're hitting to work on sprinting? Well, isometrics is this here, and this is where you know everybody got a different term for isometrics. But isometrics for me is I'm going to do two things at the same time. I'm going to flex and extend at the same time, and somebody's going to win out the battle. I got a battle going on. So so we're talking about even even like the elbow. You know, I'm going to flex the elbow and extend at the elbow at the same time. At some point in time, somebody's going to win the battle. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the thing about it is I'm still able to move while that battle's going on. I don't, I don't, I don't see isometrics as this, this, this stand like a robot, like a panamite. That's not my thing. Okay. That's one form of it, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a battle going on between flexion and extension. And at some point in time, somebody's got to win. So same thing, you know, I, I, at the clinics, we do this thing called um, ISO, ISO deadlift. And so when I do the deadlift, I set up over the bar like anything else. But now I'm going to try to flex at the knee, extend the knee at the same time. And then when I want to stand up, guess what? I let the knee flexion go. And guess what? The extension pops me up straight up. Kind of simple. <laughs> to try that out. So it, it's almost the, <laughs> that's a, I haven't thought about it that way. That's a very interesting. And, it, and it's almost like that, that rebound effect that you, you want when you're sprinting and now you're able to do it in the weight room. Right, 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 right. So, but, but to me, it, it's gotta be that simple. I don't think it, 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 it it's to be so complex as we didn't make it, you know? And, and so when I see it complex, I got it. And I think everybody says something that's correct. I don't think people are wrong. You know, I, I think that, you know, just like, Knee lift. I don't think you need to knee lift your knee. I think knee lift is a result of something else happening. But what do I really want to work? I want my glutes to work. So if my knee is rising up, that means my glute is being stretched. 
and we talk about plot, and this way we talk about like plot metrics. And I tell people what plot metrics is: what are you stretching to shorten? If you don't fully understand what you're stretching to shorten, then how how are you working plyometrics? So so just like I mean, chewing is a plyometric because I'm going to stretch some, some's going to shorten. <laughs> it's no big deal. But but so what am I trying to stretch? Well, if my knee rises up, then that means my glute is going to stretch. Now I'm going to shorten it. And if I can do that fast with a short amortization phase, it works like gangbusters, like it's supposed to work. Yeah. But 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 so so it's that simple. But I don't have to train that specifically. All I gotta do is run. I get that one in. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to train it. Just just run, you get it in. Yeah. And just like people talk about, you know, same thing. Why do I, you know, talk about squatting runs and things like that? Well, guess what? When I lean forward and my thigh rises up, now my glutes are fully stretched. So now I can get great, great results from them. If I stand up, I just shorten their range that they've stretched. Now they're, 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 technically not, they're technically still short at that point in time. So see what I'm saying? I'm just working what they told me. I really like how you said pe- the people aren't wrong. It's just there's a there's all probably a, be- a deeper truth to it. They're, they're doing it for a reason. They see something there, but there's probably something deeper that needs right. to be looked at. Right, 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 right. And that's, I, I say the instructions that we got that we got mixed up. It's not it's not what you're saying. It's, it's how you're instructing it. You know, uh, uh, same thing. Just like people talk about hammering the ground, you know. Well, hammer's a class three, so I get there, you know. But most of the time, people's leg extends. So now you have a long lever trying to bring your foot back down to the ground instead of a short lever starting the movement and then a long lever. And that's what people get about the body. It's so amazing. If I'm working on a car or something like that and the boat's tight, I got to get a long lever to break the boat. Now, once the boat is loose, I get a shorter lever to move it faster, you know, or same thing if I'm tightening it up. I, I short lever, short lever, short lever, long lever. So what happens when I run is the body automatically can go in movement, short levers to long levers. Same thing as kicking a ball. When you kick a ball, the leg that's kicking is short. It's a short lever that moves really fast. By the time it kicks the ball, that thing's at full length. Now it has a lot of power to it. That's the amazing thing about the body that people don't take into fact when they, when they train. Like you, met, you mentioned a couple times, but if we're just allowing our athletes to be athletes and we're allowing them to play almost, they're going to be put into these positions a lot more more often and then in more similar positions that our sport is going to require than if we tell them to run high knees. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, that becomes the thing is that we have to understand what's natural. And a lot of people don't, don't look at nature as being smart. You know, I mean, like I always tell people, I said, you're really trying to tell me that, that, that the brain was so dumb that if it got it needed that muscle. <laughs> I didn't know I needed glutes for this. So I just, you know, is it, is it, but we, but we, the, the, the conscious is not getting any sensory input is smarter than the subconscious to get all the sensory input craziness. Just crazy. I just, the brain just forgot that you needed to do that. Wow. <laughs> And the one thing I always draw back to is our bodies, our body wants to survive um, <laughs> at any moment. Our, our body has adapted to run away from tigers and bears. Like, so it, it, it's going to find a way to do that regardless. Yeah, that, that's it. You know, and that's what, I mean, think about this. This is what I crack up too about is even like with squatted running versus standing tall. I go, huh? If you were being hunted and, and you had a big eagle, you know, a 40 foot eagle that was in the sky looking for you. Who is it going to snatch up first? <laughs> the guy's <laughs> standing up, right? 
looking like a free dinner. <laughs> That's the guy to get so you better learn how to rush squat and, and be fast. <laughs> Kind of yeah. you know, but but that's what you know, but but it's one of those funny things. And once again, you know, we don't have that threat anymore. So so, but it gets into the thing when you get back to just the basic stuff and everything. And 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 like, it, what's funny to me is, is this too. Why we got to create an exercise for everything we think is wrong? I mean, it's amazing. You know, you watch somebody do something. Next thing you know, somebody got exercise for it. You know, I mean, and and it's it's a, you know just like I saw an exercise for toe drag. Why do you need exercise for toe drag? That's not. I mean, somebody created exercise for toe drag. I'm like, why? What's <laughs> that? That's either it happens or it doesn't happen. But you don't need to exercise. But you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a, that's how complex this is now. That we yeah. understand how the toe drag happens. So I'm going to create exercise for it. I don't understand how he lift his knee. So I'm going to create an exercise for it. I don't understand this. So I'm going to create an exercise for it. It's 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 an amazing thing. To me, it's got to be much simpler than that. It's got to be. So I work from just. You know, speed to me is just based on simpleness of how the body wants to move based on lever with a little help from gravity. So how with um, the, the, the speed and all, all the things that we're talking about, we've, we've talked a lot about track. How do you think this can apply to team based athletes and where they're on the field and they have to balance so many things like the technical and tactical aspects of this game and all the things that are going on around them? And it's not just a straight sport. How can these things transition to the sport and be beneficial to them? Well, it's kind of simple. I mean, if you look at, like, for instance, if you look at team sports, most of these guys are running squatted already. Mm-hmm. They, they're in that position. So why are you going to take a team sport guy and train him to run top-end mechanics when that's not his, that's not his thing, you know? I, I, I mean, that becomes, you know, you talk about even quarterbacks standing in the pocket. These guys are not standing tall in the pocket. They're semi-squatted. Yeah. But what do you hear? Stand tall, stand tall. No, they do the semi-squatted, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so it becomes, it becomes that type of thing that you look at, you know, the, the, the Tom Brady's of the world or, or whoever. Like I, like I said, the guy with the best mechanics is sitting on the bench. The other guy's playing, you know? Yeah. And when you see Tom Brady throw the ball, you know, all they care about is do you get the ball there. That's all they care about. They don't, if you get the ball there, you're playing. If you don't get the ball there, you're not playing. That's simple. Yeah. And Tom Brady with those sidearm, underarm, backwards, you know, uh, behind his back, it don't matter. He gets the ball there. That's what he knows, you know. So I think that's part of the, the whole how it translates to team sports is go back to letting these guys be athletes, you know. And running squatted is athletic, you know. Uh, how do you run while you fold it up? And, and you know, you got to be athletic to do that, you know. Uh, um, so that becomes the thing is that we're doing what should be done already because they're doing it. Um, when even like with agility and things like that, or, or you watch the agility guy, what is he? He's squatted. Nobody's doing agility standing tall. Yeah. you fall <laughs> over or be slow. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so those are some things, you know, or you see like the false step that people try to get rid of. And then you see, you know, uh, the heels of the world false stepping on a, on a receiver route is like, he just blew that dude out the water with that false <laughs> step. You know, they tell you don't do that. And, and so that becomes the thing is, is is how it relates to team sport is just trying to get these guys back to being natural athletes. I love that. So finding ways, I think there's two points here that we can take away then is reverse engineering the sport and looking at the the athlete and what they're doing. So like you said, that quarterback is semi-squatted. If you watch him actually play, he's going to be semi-squatted. So reverse engineer the sport and give them cues that work with that sport. So don't tell them to stand tall when if you actually watch a the sport, they're never going to do that. And then second, finding ways for them to play and get into all of these movements. And that's something that we do with a lot of our um, athletes here 
here is the first 15 to 20 minutes of each day is, is some sort of game-based movement to where they're moving and reacting to things. And the, the positions, one, the, the psychological benefit for them of not having to run through the, the, the same max velocity drills over and over again to where they're still getting that max velocity work. They're still getting top end speed, but now they're competing. And like we mentioned with the, the best athletes are going to compete no matter what you do. So when they're able to open up and be like, Oh, this is fun. I'm competing. And right. that, that the effort that you get out of that is going to be much better. Much better. Much better. Yeah. I, I mean, I think two, two of the best games ever played, uh, well, three, um, Doug, Doug goose, you know, steal the bacon. What's what, what's steal the bacon. Where you have, uh, you, you have 10 light athletes on one side, 10 athletes on the other side, and you have an object in the middle. And so you call out numbers and they got to get to okay. what call yep. the object and get back to your side without getting tagged or touched. So, and, and capture the flag, you know, those talk about, you know, reaction games, natural games, you know, because once again, you're sitting down, duck, duck, goose. And the person's taking off running. You got to get up and go get them. There's, yeah. there's, there's no other, <laughs> you got to get up and they're trying to race you back to your spot. There is no, you know, so, so you gotta you gotta figure out how to navigate this. Same thing with Steel the Baker. You know, when they call the numbers, you gotta be ready to go. Yeah, and uh, and when when you're ready to go, they're probably not thinking about knee drive. Right. They're probably just going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people squat down and get after, lean forward and get after, and then <laughs> yeah. you gotta, and then you gotta stop when you get to you gotta when you get to the bacon, you gotta stop, and then you gotta figure out if they get there at the same time. Now you gotta scoop it up and get going. But but you but you're working, you're problem solving as you're moving. That becomes the thing about being an athlete. Can I problem solve? Uh-oh, this person get there at the same time I get there, so I better slow down. Or yeah. I'm about to blow their doors off. They're not going to come close, so I'm going to scoop and go. And if you realize, uh-oh, this person is going to get there before me, you got to be problem solving on that was to make athletes athletic. The processing realm of it, yeah. I, I, I love that. So, so, yeah, and we need to put guys back in that situation. But like I said, those are my three favorite games that I play in team sports, you know, just like, hey, you know, and they love it. They love it. You know, everybody likes to be a kid. Everybody wants to be a kid again. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, the, the, we've, we've talked about it on a lot of our previous podcasts, but that just when you get an athlete, you're able to get them into a place where they're competing and they're playing. You see way more positions than you'll ever see in the weight room under the squat bar. You'll see way more sports specific things like they're slamming on the brace to pick up that bag and, you know, like yeah, the yeah. shin angles, the things that you're going to get out of that. And then, like you mentioned, the, the processing, they have the process that opponents coming at me. I need to create space or I need to take away space. I, I need to think about so many more things than we're running in a straight line and we're talking about, all right, up, 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 you know? Right, 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 right. So that becomes a thing, you know? And so, I mean, think about that to be running at your opponent and be assessing your opponent at the same time and also assessing what you're about to do with this opponent. That's, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, and, I, and a lot of times it's not even going to be the fastest athlete that wins that it's going to be the athlete that is able to process fastest. Yeah which is who's going to play on this field. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so I think it's a good, uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be a good uh, evaluation for you as well. The sport needs a shakeup. It just, it just needs it, you know, um, um, you know, even with, with, even like with track and field, it got to the point where coaches were posting workout and not going to the track anymore. I mean, it was just, that's how lazy people got. They were just posting the workouts. Athletes would dial up the workout and go work. What do you need a coach for? Yeah. You can get workouts any place. But, but so, and then at the same time, people hollering technique. So how are you hollering technique when there's even no coach out there watching you anymore? It, it, it's an amazing thing, you know? So, but yeah, it, the, 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 you know, cause I got to tell people uh, bench press is bench press, you know, 
So why we have a team like Alabama where they say the, the strength this coach is amazing, you know? And then you have a team like Mississippi State where they go, ah, oh, he's not so good. Aren't they all bench pressing, squatting? You know, so what's you trying to tell me these guys are not as strong as one another? You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it's probably not the determiner. Right, right, right. So I mean, even like in NFL, you know, how is Cleveland? You know, how do they? How they so bad? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't get the fact that you can make millions of dollars and be bad at something. <laughs> Yeah, the, the NFL is a good spot to do that if you want a job to make billions. Yeah, right. You know, hey man, he's not a very good tight end. Why is he in the NFL then? Why is he? You know, it's like I don't get it. Thirty-two tight, thirty-two tight ends. You know, you thirty, you rank thirty-second. Well, I think I think one of the the, the best examples. Do you watch any college football? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So LSU's Joe Burrow, where they said for three schools, he was a trash quarterback. And right. now he's he's going to be the number one overall pick in all of college. And right. he's leading his right. team to one of the most dominant teams. So right. Right. Uh, this this one thing, like as a coach, I, I continually challenge is maybe maybe it's not the player. Maybe it's not this. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's us. Yeah, well, it has to be because, I mean, let's look at Tom Brady, six round draft pick. Yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback. Six round. This dude was a six-round draft pick, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback now. Holy cow! But that, and that's why I said, how many people do we kick out of the sport? Because most six-round draft picks, they don't make it as far as Tom Brady made it. You know, so so yeah, it, it's got to be us, and that's why we need to shake up to to to, to shake up us. You know, and, and say, hey, what if, what if, you know? We all read the same anatomy book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all read the same physiology book. <laughs> But then we talk to each other like we're stupid. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Like, we read all the same books. Why are we talking to each other like we're stupid? You know? <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's kind of amazing, you know? I mean, that's like people, they would talk to me about I don't use the language. You know, well, it doesn't make sense to my brain. I know the language, but, but supernation, pronation doesn't make sense to my brain. Yeah. You know? Rotation makes perfect sense to my brain. So I'm just rotating in one direction. I'm not, I'm not washing it. I'm not going back and forth. My foot's rotating in one direction. That's all I know. And, and what, what, what point is it? Like, what's the point of knowing the language and being able to know pronation, supination, when if as an athlete, you're able to rotate and run faster than them, like you're set. Right, 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 right. And that's what he's saying. Athletes don't know that, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I, I mean, that's like, I get it in the, med- and like I said, I get it in the medicine world, like a doctor. I understand what they say superior, inferior, posterior, because they have landmarks they got to deal with when you, when you deal with somebody. Everybody understands the common landmarks, you know, but that's not us. You're not working on dead bodies. You're not working on the patient. There are no more common landmarks when people start moving. I'm very deep into the psychology realm of things too, because we can know everything about the sport, everything about the technique. But if you're not able to get that across to the athlete that is sit, the human being that is sitting in front of you, yeah, it, yeah. none of that matters. And that's where I see a lot of coaches that, they, they talk about how they're struggling with their athletes and they, they know this program works other places. And I was like, well, how are you conveying that to the athlete? How are you building the belief system in that athlete to want to do this thing? But, but the psychology part is this. One of the things I always, you know, I was in the military and, and I watched military movies and stuff like that, you know, but think about this here, D-Day invasion. You're on this ship and you're protected by this steel thing. And they drop it down and bullets are flying, but yet you get off. As, as a guy in front of you drops dead from being shot, you still get off. Wow. That's amazing to me. That's what coaching's about. How I <laughs> this guy get off and all these bullets. The guy from just died. 
but yeah, I still need you to get off and get to this shore and keep moving forward. That's coaching. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's a that's a gold nugget right there. How do you? How do you? I mean, that that's oh, wow, that's good. That that's because if you're able to do it with your athlete, it really. I mean, that that's all of it. <laughs> that's all of it. Running up on the last five to 10 minutes of this podcast, we're going to go to our rapid fire round. So these are just rapid fire questions. You can answer them however you want, but what are some of your favorite books that you think the listeners can listen to or read and get the most out of? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't, I don't have favorite books because I don't remember the titles of them. Okay. Like I said, I used to go to the library and sit in this pull books off the shelf and read, you know? So a lot of times people ask me, have you read this book or have you read this book? You know, maybe, maybe so. I don't know, you know? But, but to me, I would just, I just read, you know, and I read a variety of stuff. Like I said, you'll find me reading about harmonics and vibration. Yeah. You know? So I think the biggest thing is, is especially for this sport, get out of, read books outside the sport, you know? Uh, I mean, even like one of my, one of the best movies I saw was on breaking the sound barrier, where once again, the science couldn't figure it out. They, they're trying to break the sound barrier, trying to break the sound barrier. And then they finally saw a video like, oh, but, but it was the pilots they were figuring out. It wasn't the science. The pilots were trying to figure out because they were crashing this, these planes as they tried to break it. So, so once again, huh, I don't want to die. I better figure this out. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but, but science, couldn't, science couldn't tell them how to fly the plane to break the sound barrier. So that's where we are, too. But you got it. But once you see a movie like that, you go, oh, okay. It's about self-discovery. Yeah, with Jake Turner and I talked about that for probably 20 minutes about how some of the best coaching revelations and things that we use in our coaching have been from books completely outside of yeah. strength conditioning books. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. All right. To the next question, who is a, a guest that you think we should have on that you can challenge us to get on that you think would be a good fit that you think people need to listen to right now? <laughs> uh, I would, I would think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, Ronnie Ward, Ronnie Ward, uh, Ronnie Ward. Yeah. He's over in Ireland. So he's over in Ireland and, and, and he is a therapist, but he's not saying he's not a traditional guy. You know, he posted something the other day about, um, about beliefs and I it had me just rolling, you know, like, Oh, you're about to make somebody mad with this one. here. <laughs> you know? but, but it was, it was just like, Oh, it's so a lot of times he posts stuff. And I just said, I just said, who are you pissing off today? I mean, I thought I was in the realm of pissing people off, but he's really in the world of like, oh, you know, who are you pissing off? Today? What happened, dude? So, I, I think he would be a good guy, you know, and um, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, uh, you know, intelligent guy, you know, uh, good sense of humor and everything like that. And, and, um, um, you know, he works with a lot of people in pain and everything. So I, I think that's the guy. Awesome. Well, if, he, if he's going to piss people off and challenge things, I, I think it's yeah. a good person to have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. What, what's the next big step for you? And when you leave all of this, what do you want your legacy to be? Influence. My, I mean, like I said, right now, you know, one of the things I always want to do, you know, a lot of people talk about money and stuff like that, but, but a, a lot of people start because I wanted to influence, uh, you know, and so now when I see people talking about the knees and, you know, a lot of people when talking about that stuff, started bringing it up, you know, inside edge, you know, a lot of people starting to talk about these things and that's half the battle, get people to talk about these things. Yeah. So I may not, my name, they may not say, I heard this from a Darian. But, you know, a lot of people now talking about asymmetrical. Everybody's talking about, a lot of people talking about ipsilateral movements and things like that that they weren't talking about before, you know? So for me, that's half the battle is just getting people to talk about these things. So that's, that's the legacy I want to be behind is to say, hey, man, I got a lot of people talking. That, that's kind of simple for me, 
you know, the next big thing is, is this is the insole. So we, we the, the insoles are growing and, 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 and everything. And, and so that's that's what we really focus on right now is, is just really with the with the carbon fiber insoles and everything. You know, I, I, what's 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 cool is, is, you know, when we first came out with them, we just were putting them in. And then they said, oh, you actually got to train with these things because things change, you know, mm-hmm. your feet just change. And so, things, so you actually have to train. You have to learn how to use them. And, and, and so that's what we're getting into now is, is really teaching people how to use carbon fiber in, the, in their shoes and things like that. And do you want to give the listeners a little bit into what that is and what it does? Well, we have this thing called uh, rewire insoles and it's made out of carbon fiber or Kevlar or composites, you know, composite just, you know, but the beauty of it is carbon fiber is a wonderful piece of material, you know? And so it, it provides a lot of feedback instant. And, and what it does in a shoe is it keeps the external environment out of the shoe. It keeps the internal in the shoe. That's the beauty of it. So when your footsteps on carbon fiber, it feeds back off the carbon fiber, not off the ground anymore, you know, not even off the foam underneath it because the, the carbon fiber is going to mash down the foam, but you still feel like you're standing on carbon fiber. Amazing, amazing product. And it conducts electricity. So if you stand on it barefoot, it's electrical connection going on too. It's an amazing piece of stuff. You know, now if you take Kevlar, Kevlar is a little bit softer. Same thing they use in Bulletproof Vest. It absorbs. So it is a very soft material and everything like that. So you're talking about if you want to put out more force in a sense, you actually use Kevlar because it's, it's soft. If you want to put out less force, carbon fiber because it returns, it returns it really fast. So it's, it's things like that. that it, it, and that's like the Nike shoe. What they figured out was how to put the carbon fiber on top of the air pads that they have in their shoe. You know? So because other than that, it was too hard to try and get those things to squish down. Now they figured out how to actually place the carbon fiber in the shoe. That Nike Vaporfly is a very is an outstanding shoe. Gotcha. That's awesome. All right. Last question. Somebody comes to you that they're either in this valley or they're really looking to take the next step in life. They're lost a little bit. What would be your one minute billboard message to them to get out of that hole? <laughs> uh, start digging. Start digging. Because uh, I need some dirt to put. I need some dirt. You know, I mean, I mean, think about it. If you know, if you're in a hole, you know, people say stop digging. No, start digging. That that you need something to help build your way up out of this hole. And I need more dirt to help build my way up out of this hole. So I'm actually going to dig in a way that I get more dirt to help me out of this hole. And I may find water, and I actually may explode out of the hole when it fills up with water. <laughs> I love it. our uh, our company's uh, mantra is keep chopping. So start digging, keep chopping. Very similar. <laughs> well, well, coach, it was it was awesome to have you on. Do you want to um, tell the listeners where they can reach you at and any clinics or anything that you have going on? Uh, Barrunning.com is where to reach me at, and then we have Rewire coming up in March seventh uh, and eighth in Columbus, Ohio, um, at, at Sore Fitness. Um, but, and, and I'm on IG too. Uh, but a lot of times we tell people, you know, bar running is, is, is a membership based website, you know, uh, it doesn't cost a whole lot to join it, but that, that, that 30 second clip on Instagram is not even close to what we put out on, on the actual website. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for, uh, this, this talk. I'm definitely gonna have to relist. I have like three <laughs> pages of notes over here on <laughs> trying to scribble it down. So I'm definitely gonna have to go back and relisten and take uh, some of the notes, but it, it's been awesome having you. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. it it's been cool.